Alright everybody to another fiery podcast I'm Jim Visage Along with my co-host here, Jane Benson Who we already had a fight with Now a best-selling author on Amazon Her book has gone to the bestseller list The last time I checked it was number 11 I don't know how to check but Number 11 on the bestseller list Stalked by Socialism by Yana Kondalva, a.k.a. Jane, Jane Benson, or Jane Benson, a.k.a. Yana Kondalva. The first way. Right, that way? Yeah, the, the, the first, you were right the first time. I don't see you live. Um, did you hit it? Yep. And I have it live right here. It shows there I'm live. Okay. Then maybe I'm not your friend under Jane Benson. Maybe I'm your friend under Yana Kondalva. Could be. Because... I don't see you. All right, let me see. Anyway, so um, you're talking. To, oh, yeah. Yep. It's true. Um, we've got Josh Shaw. He's going to be joining us in probably about five minutes. We should give him a call right now, shouldn't we? Or you can throw. <laughs> yes. Eric, yes, we were fighting because I am right. I'm always right. And he ends up saying, yes, you were right. Always. But we have to have a fight about it. So welcome um, good to see everybody. We've been called the Fred and Ginger of podcasts. Ugh. And they've fought all the time, too, by the way. Oh, well, Just so you great. Know, Eric. Well, you're going to see some fights today because I have things to say. Did you want to, um, if anybody has any questions about anything, you can give us a call on the, uh, on the 860-888-2101. The number is give sort us of a call. behind us. Yep. But we're going to call Jazz Shaw right now. Right now, yep. Somebody's the, calling me. By the way, Sharon is in is camping in Maine. Tell the folks in oh, Maine to tune in. I nice. used to have a loyal listener in in Maine. Okay. I haven't talked to her in a long time. Give Jazz a, a call. He's expecting a call. Okay. I have to get rid of this phone call. I don't know if it's a confirmation for one of your appointments. Okay. I hope that's... Please be Jazz. Yellow. Hey, oh. Jazz. It's Jim Weisfitch and Jane Benson. Hello. How are you boys doing? How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm sitting out on my back deck, watching the clouds bug go by, waiting for the aliens to arrive. <laughs> I know you'll love you, that. I hope you're wearing a mask. Jazz, I know uh, you love no. That's one of your favorite <laughs> topics, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's becoming more and more of a favorite of mine, the more stuff we've been finding out and there's something new coming out this week that's going to be really interesting so yeah it's all fascinating stuff jazz what do you think we're going to find any signs of life when we finally get on mars oh i do yeah oh did you uh, see absolutely. did you see that uh um the president is on the moon according to uh the uh cuomo bonehead uh, he no, I managed to miss that one. He has a poster. Uh, he has a poster saying that the president is on the moon because uh, New York handled everything so wonderfully. Oh, okay. So it's more of a metaphorical thing, yeah. Yes. Um, we we got some new landers going to Mars, and to answer your question, Jim, uh, I I would be really shocked if once we get there and get the ability to actually dig down into some of the wet areas. They know there's areas where there's water under the surface. If you've got something shielded from radiation and there's water there, I will be totally shocked if there aren't some microbes of some sort. Some you know, I, I would form. think there would be. 
Hey, hey Jess, yeah, we're not going to fight like Martians. No, if that's what you're asking. But I, I think there's a very good chance there's some sort of biology that survived that's buried under the surface. There's a few places in the solar system. I think, you know, scientists are pretty convinced we will probably find some type of life. Jazz, if I sent you a copy of Jane's memoirs, Stalked by Socialism, would you read it? Absolutely. I okay. send you a note back about that, yeah. Yep, I'll put it in the mail and send it right out to you. So we're waiting for our copies to arrive. I know. I have, uh, when you were talking about the life under the surface, I don't know when you went to school, but I was taught at school that we needed oxygen and we needed light. There is uh, so many deep sea creatures that don't need, and water, but there's so many deep sea creatures that don't actually need oxygen. So that was disapproved already. Well, my my favorite story along those lines uh, is, and anybody that finds this too hard to believe, just Google it and you'll find it pretty quick. Uh, it was a couple of years ago at the International Space Station. One of the astronauts that was going around doing routine maintenance uh, took a rag and was going to clean one of the windows. And there was something on the window, and they went to clean it off. And it wouldn't wipe off because it turned out it was on the outside. <gasps> and it turned out to be a living thing, like a, a very primitive fungus <laughs> that was living on the outside of the window in the cold of space and the radiation. And it was something that got tracked up there and uh, on one of the shipments and it got, it took root on the outside and it was alive in the vacuum of space. And as soon as I saw that story, I was like, you know what? There's probably life almost everywhere. Yeah. If you can live in the vacuum of space, 300 degrees below zero getting blasted by the sun's radiation and something can survive there. Things probably survive almost everywhere. Jazz, I have the timekeeper next to me. I have a lot of stuff I have to get to before you leave. Um, Sorry. It's okay. One one of the things I wanted to make sure that you, you email me your address so I, I can send you the book. Okay? I'll remind you later. All right. Great. I also want to get your comment on this. Don Lemon, how stupid can you be? Don Lemon finally is driven the final nail into the coffin of CNN with this comment, I think. Uh, that wasn't one of my columns, so I'm not up to date on that. If you okay. In, if you, if Sorry. You believe in, Jesus Christ. Just wanted to get your and thoughts on this. Was not perfect when he was here on this earth. Yeah, not familiar with the story. Jesus I, I, I'm oh, sorry to say. I'm okay, sorry, let's, Jazz. Let's do this. Uh, Don Lemon says, um, everybody knows Jesus Christ was not perfect. But let's oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was one that Ed Morrissey wrote about. Yeah, I did read that one. Okay, I, I wasn't sure what you were talking about. Sorry. Uh, that, I don't think that's that uncommon on the left. I mean, there's a big anti-religion thing. I just wrote an article uh, this week about a church in Boston where uh, the uh, pastor of the church showed up and someone had set fire to the statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. You know, it's... Uh, and everybody else was pulling down statues, and somebody saw a statue, and I goes, oh, it's up on fire. And it was the Virgin Mary, you know. So, you know, I, I think there is a tremendous amount of disrespect for religion. We're you know, just going to, say, to talk to you about that. You called the person who defaced the statue of the Blessed Virgin in Queens, in New York City, uh, a Cretan. And indeed, they were a Cretan for defacing the statue of the Blessed Virgin. I mean, how low can uh, you go? There's more than one. So if, if you can do that, I think saying, oh, Jesus wasn't perfect, that's not much of a stretch. You know, if you're already to set, you know, a, uh, a statue of the Blessed Virgin on fire saying Jesus wasn't perfect, 
you know, I, I, I think that's just not even going to, you know, mess up your hair. I like the way in the column we called the person a Cretan, and they are indeed a Cretan. Well, we were having fight over what I was going to call them because Jim was afraid I was going to use improper word. But um, you see people defacing um, religious and articles and br- burning churches. You see, you see them in the Middle East. And uh, the name changing, uh, you changing names of Oh, uh, that's right. We wanted to get is, into is that. That communists did that. They did it back and forth multiple times. Uh, Jane was not surprised by that because the communists did it. But you had a great column. Uh, you have a great post. If any of you out there, go to hotair.com, read Jazz's post on, while we're at it, why don't we just rename everything in the country? Explain that post, if you would, Jazz. Well, yeah, that was a... Another editorial that showed up at Time Magazine because some people are going around tearing down statues of Confederate generals or Washington or Lincoln or the Virgin Mary. But this was somebody else who said, we need to look at the map because we have a lot of place names that are unacceptable. And he was giving examples of a town named Bixby. I'm just curious off the top of your head, if, if you hadn't read the article before, would you know where that town name came from? Absolutely not. Yeah, well, nobody else did either. But it turned out to be a guy that was on one of the uh, boards that was renegotiating land settlements uh, for Native Americans in Oklahoma uh, going back to the 1800s. And, but he also started a lot of businesses and was one of the founding families, and they named the, same, named the town after him. Had that name for, you know, a century and a half, going on two centuries. And now this guy has come along and researched it and said, oh, well, this guy was a bad person because of what he originally did was negotiate in the land settlement, so we shouldn't have that name anymore. And I started looking at the map around where I live, and I was like, well, then there's almost nothing you don't have to rename because most of the names are really old. Well, that's what Jim has started talking about, uh, the Yale University in, in Connecticut. The Yale was Eli like, Yale was a was the chairman of the board of I believe the chairman of the board CEO of the East India Trading Company. Well, what did they trade in uh, jazz? They traded in slaves. They were slave traders. So do you have to change the name of Yale? You're, well, Yale and Harvard both were named after people who weren't just slave owners, as you say. They were actively slave traders. They ran slave markets. But for some reason, and I'm not sure what it is, I, I don't see the same crowd lining up and, you know, throwing paint and saying you have to change these names. It seems to be rather selective. Right. I, how do you pick and choose? Is my That's my question. There is a uh, high school team in Glastonbury, Tomahawks. I don't know how long they have been in existence, but now there is a debate over changing their name as well. Yeah, and tomahawk isn't even a slur; it's just the name of a weapon. <laughs> I mean, exactly, exactly. We're speaking with Josh Shaw, the weekend to, editor of Hot Air Blog, hotair.com. Going back to the the statue thing, uh, we had some input at our site from somebody from Venezuela, and she was sending a dire warning, saying, "You know, after socialism took over there, one of the first things they did was start going around." and tearing down the statues and getting rid of religion. And then Venezuela turned into the, pardon my phrase, crap hole that it slowly turned into it. And now it's just collapsed entirely, you know? 
So, and they were like, yeah, well, that's what happens when you let this move into town. You start out with a couple of things and then everybody just spirals out of control. And before you know it, somebody's setting fire to a statue of the Blessed Virgin. Right. You know, and, and Jane, you were talking about when you lived in communism, they started renaming things there too as well, right? Well, that was, uh, Jim went to, uh, well, let's start with St. Petersburg, okay? Then... It was Leningrad. Leningrad. Then it was Stalingrad. Stalingrad. Then Jim went into Leningrad. I went to Leningrad. And then it turned back into St. Petersburg. So, um, you know, you can't change things by renaming them. It's not going to change anything just just by renaming it. But back to you, Jazz. I'm sorry. I just got interrupted by somebody. uh, could, Could you repeat the last end of that? Well, we were just talking about how the Russians did the same thing. They tore down statues and renamed towns and cities. They renamed Leningrad. So it was St. Petersburg, then Leningrad, then Stalingrad, then uh, Leningrad again, then St. Petersburg to this day. But, you know, renaming doesn't do... What are they trying to accomplish by renaming things is beyond me. Well... Renaming things in one sense, you can say, okay, you're wiping out the history. But recently, I, I published another column where I, I talked about the renaming, the one Jim was referencing about changing the names on the map. And it's like, well, if you have things named after that, well, that means you're honoring the worst things about those people. And I, I referenced my own uh youth and where I grew up. I grew up in a township in upstate New York called Schuyler Township that that was named originally after a Revolutionary War general, uh, Phil Schuyler. And anybody who goes and looks that up will find out that not only was he a Revolutionary War general, but he was a state senator. Uh, he was a congress. He was a member of the first Congress, uh, a congressman. But yes, he also owned a large estate and he, he owned slaves. I don't know if he traded them, but he certainly owned them. And so you get hold of a name like that and they, they say, oh, well, then we're honoring the wrong thing and this is a constant reminder. And my point was, I grew up the whole time there and I was aware at various points because of some markers that he was a general of Revolutionary War. That was the only thing I knew about him. There was nobody walking around going, oh, we should remember this guy because he owns slaves, hey, and all the white people are flashing secret hand signals like, hey, quite a slave owner, huh? You know, and no, it's just the name that it got from something a long time ago, and the rest of it is all faded into history. And anybody that didn't grow up where I do, I'm guessing all of your listeners are going, Philip who? You know, so nobody's offended by that, including minorities or anybody else, because they don't know who that guy was. You know, but just making a point of it now and you're going to change the name. What shall we change it to in the 21st century? Laserville? I don't know. You know, you be the- how far do they take this jazz? How far does it go? I thought your column uh, that you have up right now, while we're at it, why don't we just change all the names on the map? Change everything. Uh, I'm going to say something. Jim's going to smack me, but Rush Limbaugh said this. He was asking, what should the Redskins be renamed as? Should they be renamed Foreskins? That's oh, what he said. Geez. He did say that. I said it from a... <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I did see an article today, and I didn't write about it, but somebody, and it, I think it was one of the representatives of one of the indigenous groups, 
said that they would like to see them rename the Redskins the Code Talkers in oh, honor yeah. of the Native Americans who yeah, of World uh, War II. Great deal in World War II. You know, that's, and I, I looked at that. I was like, well, that's not a terrible idea, but aren't you still making it about one race, even if it's in a positive sense? Indeed, you are. Right, but do these do the native Indians are they offended or are they honored? I mean, it was supposed to honor these uh, the, the natives. So I don't know why it's being changed. And what about the Atlanta Braves? Brave isn't a pejorative, is it? I it was always my impression that Brave was an indicator, and anybody's free to double check me on this. Uh, brave wasn't something making fun. That was a translation of the title you achieve when you were no longer a boy and you became a warrior, mm. which sounds to me like a pretty complimentary thing. I know. You know. It's just, it's just silly. All right. Um, Jim. Yes, sorry there? about that. No, it's just... Uh, the, the, we're just all don't know how far you go. We're I, all no, same. I mean, they're trying to tear everything down and change everything, but changing names and tearing things down doesn't change the system, doesn't change, really doesn't do anything. Jazz's blog post really, really caught my eye, though. I'm really glad I got a chance to read it before we went on the air here. Because as Jazz said, you're really a, you're really a, just a beginner if you're tearing down statues. Anybody can do that while you're at it. Get a program going so you can change the names of lakes around here. Everything in Connecticut has an Indian name for some reason. Don't we have Indian names? Well, yes. Like we Bucket were, Dog? Well, like like the Tomahawks, but just like Jazz ja, ja, ja said, it's, a, it's not That's a name of a tribe. It's a name of a weapon. No, but what about the towns that have been named by after Indian tribes? What about the lakes? Or the lakes? We have uh, Teramangas, Pokery Park. I don't even know what those... I'm pretty sure they're named by Indians. How about that one, Lake Pokery Park, Jazz? That's got to be renamed. I, I'm in upstate New York, and uh, the area that I live in, and just quick disclosure for anybody who doesn't know, and I have a post from a couple of years ago, I went and did one of those 23andMe tests. I barely qualify as a white. My family had a lot more Native American in it than I ever even knew. But, uh, yeah, we, we have, like, uh, towns, uh, cities by the name of Oneida. There's an Oneida Lake. It's from the United Indian Tribe. The entire uh, Iroquois Nation, all of the tribes, uh, the Mo- Mohawk, the Mohawk River runs through our area where I grew up. And that was one of the tribes in the Iroquois Nation. And there's just tons and tons of names. They're all just Native American names. So I don't know. I, I agree with your question. I don't know what the answer is. Do we go and change those names too? But maybe we don't because they weren't named by white people. I, I'm not sure. But yeah, we have tons of names that honor the uh, the indigenous people that were here. And granted, we absolutely took their land. I don't disagree with that. But, you know, it was a war at the time and that's what was going on. But yeah, the, the, the names carried over and their heritage carries over. And now they still have, you know, the rights that they have as their recognized nation. So. I'm told by the I think time we've done what we can do. Jazz, I'm told by the timekeeper. Last question for you. And that is how much long will this continue, do you think? This statue defacing and name changing. How much longer will this go on? I I really wish I knew the answer to that. I I, I have this feeling that 
is based on nothing more than a feeling that we're watching cities erupting. We're watching violence, things being torn down, people down moving out of the center cities and into some suburban neighborhoods and other areas. And people are becoming more and more alarmed where it's not just a matter of speech or we have a position we want to put forth, but actual mobs, there's riots and things like that. And if there's enough of that, people that don't even want to come out and counter what's being said 24-7 in the media who are becoming increasingly alarmed are going to show up and vote in the fall and they're going to be like, no, we can't just surrender to mayhem, you know? And the people that are promoting all this may be in for a bad electoral, very bad surprise in November. I hope so. Josh, uh, weekend editor at hotair.com. Just one more hun- okay, highlight. Okay, go ahead quickly. Connecticut is a Indian uh, for Long River. I just found out from one of oh. our chat. Uh, chat oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that either. And then, So Connecticut would have to be changed. The whole state, right. The whole state. Well, isn't there something, uh, one more, uh, Rhode Island had uh, um, one more word behind it, and it meant... Rhode Island uh, um, uh, fa- uh, plantation or something like that. So they will have to change that too. Oh, it's a plantation. Yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the full name of Rhode Island has a phrase behind it and plantation. And they've already put forth a proposal, which has been tried before it failed. Uh, it's going to go through this fall to attempt to change it to just Rhode Island because the word plantation is bad. And that's kind of funny because there's always been plantations. There are still plantations. It doesn't mean slavery. It's a place where you grow crops and raise animals and husbandry and agriculture is conducted. So I don't know. But Unle- yeah, that's another extreme example. Un- unless you are Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because uh, she thinks that the cauliflower is a, um, that's a racist vegetable. Did you know that? Well, uh, of course it is. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you so much. Thank very you so much, much Jazz. Jazz, Jazz make sure great. you send me your address. I want to send that book right out. I'll overnight it. Will do. All right. Enjoy Jazz show, everybody. Evening. Thank Thanks, you, Jazz. Bye. Take a bow, Jazz. <laughs> All right. Jazz show, everybody. That Weekend was great. editor of hotair.com. All right, now it's your turn, guys. 860-888-2101-860. Now you guys have to carry the whole thing. 996-0308. I'll type it in. You can see it behind us, probably. Anyways, um, so we were going to talk about masks. I just got an email from my town. My kids are to return to uh, school uh, in September, um, actually end of um, August. And um, they're going to have three W's. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and watch your distance. Uh, so we are going to have social distances, uh, distancing. I cannot wait to see how this goes. And kids wearing masks, I cannot wait to see how this goes. Do you know how many people are going to get sick? Because kids will not wear it properly. They will touch their faces. They will go to the bathroom, not wash their hands, touch their faces, touch their mask. And Here's Ned Lamont. Spreading the germs even more. And reopening K through 12, making plans a good two months in advance. Yeah, get a K student wearing a mask. Two months can make. Uh, Very quickly on our daily summary, um, the good news is this is not a big difference from where we've been over the last uh, uh, few weeks. Uh, Our numbers are consistent and our numbers are uh, getting better. Uh, And uh, this is courtesy of CBS in New York, Channel 2 in New York. 
The most important metric, again, is the positive cases as a percent of tests informed performed. That's 1.2 percent. And um, I think over the last week or two, we've learned not to take that number uh, for granted. Uh, Max? The next slide, I think, gives you um, an indication of where we are. It's all slides, but it's masks. What are the rules? They have to wear masks. How young? Everybody. Including kindergarten kids? That's insanity. I want to hear what you guys have to say about this, by the way. We have people that are completely 860-9960-308-860-888-2101. But we have people that have been the propaganda that it works. It works wonders. People are freaked out. Uh, I just saw a friend's post yesterday and she was amused how wonderful New York is doing and how everybody is wearing masks and how they just managed everything so well. And somebody responding to her, oh, my God, I just saw a person without a mask. Yeah, somebody saw me without a mask yesterday. I wanted to call 911 for crying out loud. Give me a break. This is like with vaccination. You want to get vaccinated to protect yourself? You're protecting yourself by doing that. Nobody else. Um, So wearing a mask, wearing it correctly, you're protecting yourself. Nobody else. Um, It's it's. I think it's crazy. I I would like to hear somebody's other somebody's opinion. Are you guys afraid to send your kids back? Are you afraid? To send your kids back to school? Are you afraid that sending kids back to school will start up the virus again? Give us a call. It's, it's your show from here on well, in. Well, not um, somebody mentioned in Massachusetts is an Indian name as well. Do you know, Eric, do you know what it stands for? Um, Connecticut means Long River. What does Massachusetts stand for? I think it's an Indian tribe. Indian tribe, Jim. Yep. How's your sister? Love her. She was on last week. Um, she was but, on last but, week. We but, can't but, bring her on every week. We but, could possibly. We could, but. Um, Jeff says, happy tax day. Jeff, is today Tax Freedom Day in Connecticut? Look, oh, my look God. How long we're it's all us. the way in July. We're all paid up. We're all the way in July and finally in Tax Freedom Day. So we should Do you start- know we're the last state in the country <sighs> to have Tax Freedom Day? So now we can start sa- saving for Christmas? Hey, look who's watching. Who's watching? I know. Jenny's watching. Jenny, we went to your uh, lake house. a lovely time at Jenny's house. I've been looking at uh, lake houses (laughs) ever since since Saturday because it was just so lovely. And you don't need a big house. It's uh, it was very pretty. Anyways, anybody, please help me out here. Otherwise, give us a call. Um. So Jeff was asking about your sister. Um. She's doing great. Eight six zero eight eight eight. Is that it? 860-888-2101 860-888-2101 or 860-996-0308. Should I type it in? I'll type yes, it type in. those um, numbers in. Great, thanks. You owe me. Jane, my call screener is going to be typing in the numbers. Give us a call. So for the next hour, it's all you guys. Oh, please. Also, I have a question about uh, if any, any one of you is reading the book. Can you give me some feedback? I wonder if you're bored to teeth or uh, tears, or if if uh, if it's actually digestible. Have you um, read Don Pesci's um, review of the book? He was too kind. He was very kind. He compared Jane to Frederick Hayek, who wrote "Road to Serfdom," which was the biggest warning to America about becoming socialist. 
and also to George Orwell, Animal Farm. Being compared to George Orwell and Friedrich Hayek is high praise indeed. But that's how much Don Pesci enjoyed this book. I'm going to have to get Don on to talk about it. He was his just being kind. No, oh, he wasn't being uh, kind somebody, at all. Somebody, I even will take unkind. <laughs> Have you guys read the book at all? If you haven't, why not? I should have it with me. I don't have it with me. You should I have that one copy. Um, okay, uh, it's. I guess it's too nice outside. Um. Well, how do you feel about the renaming about everything? Does it make any difference to you? I'm typing in something. So My- I can re- <laughs> Sal, you're just mean. My tax uh, freedom was on 8-2016. That's when I moved from Connecticut to Texas. (laughs) That's just mean. Uh, I was actually thinking about uh, moving to Europe. Um, That would be something to consider if uh, Mr. Biden wins. Can you play one of those, uh, like Hillary? Can you play that clip? Sure, I'll play the Hillary clip. That would be, uh, I don't know if any of you saw it, but (laughs) she's got the balls. Hang on a second, let me play it. Oh, that's what, yep, Jim was right. There you go. The Massachusetts is an extinct tribe in eastern Massachusetts. This is Hillary Clinton. You had all concerned about... Uh, irregularities in voting or fraud. I mean, for instance, we saw the case in New Jersey, I, I think it was a few weeks ago now, where ironically it was some uh, a councilman wow, wow, who I wow, think wow, was wow. Um, yeah, was changing one. the votes for in, in Republicans' favor. Is there a part of you that, that is worried that Donald Trump would be able to use any of those stories to try and undermine the entire election and say, you see, there's that one and there's that one. I don't think we should trust this election at all because it says that I've lost. Well, I think it is um, a fair point to raise as to whether or not if he loses, um, he's going to go quietly or not. Uh, And we have to be ready for that. But there have been so many uh, academic studies and other analyses which point out that it's just a uh, it's it's an inaccurate fraudulent claim. There isn't that problem. IDs, Hello? any kind of restriction that can be imposed it's Sam. to try to keep the vote down You're doing. in places Hi, Sam. that Hold on one second. Sam, hang on one uh, second. That's the real... Okay. How are you? I'm fine. Did I do something wrong? No. No, we, no you're absolutely <laughs> did everything right, Sam. Not yet. Keep working on it. <laughs> well, I tried the other name number first, and they said uh, the mailbox wasn't completely done yet, yeah, and I'm, therefore, see, you so know, if, Jim, if you wonder, that's what it is. It's not. <laughs> it's not set up. It's his fault. It's, it's always, not set up. I'll set it up. It's his fault. <laughs> he did it. I told him before. He always does it. But anyways, how are so you, Sam? <laughs> so, Sam, what are your thoughts? What's what are on my your mind? On them? These masks, I'm just getting more angry by the minute. They, they, you cannot send children to school with a mask over their face for that many hours. It's going to damage their lungs. They're going to be breathing stale air all day, and it's going to do harm to them. Well, my chiropractor had a best idea. I don't know if we can afford it. Homeschool. Just hire a teacher, <laughs> not even not even uh, doing their e whatever communist whatever that thing is. 
I mean, the teachers yeah. were wonderful. I should not, uh, this is not fair. The teachers were great. But if they're going to start teaching them about how China, wonder, how wonderful China is again, I'm, I'm just going to quit on them. That's right. We got to make them stop this. They're brainwashing our kids. They're ruining their lives. Look what these poor babies have been through between all these people shooting up everywhere. I know. And, and what the trauma have they done to these children in the last couple of years? That they're afraid of everything. They're now. afraid. Plus the social distancing. They're deadly afraid that they're going to uh, get get the disease and die. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. it's just stupid. We're letting them harm our children. If we don't bring this to a screeching halt, we're not going to be able to fix it. Well, it's going to be over. These kids don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They they don't need to be going to these schools unless we clean that mess out and get these communists out of there and there teach go, them Sam. American. Absolutely. You know what? If you didn't hear the Walter Williams podcast, go back and listen to it. Professor Walter Williams, who used to oh, sit I love in for, that man. He is great, isn't he? He's oh, one of the my goodness. all-time great libertarian economists. Mm-hmm. He and Thomas Sowell. turned... I've tried to get a couple of my black friends to listen to him because I never heard of him, of course. He and, and Thomas why aren't they Sowell teaching him? are two conservative columnists. Yes, I love Thomas too. And they went through the I really do. They went through the civil rights, the first civil rights movement together. And they were both accused of being Uncle Tom's then too, as well. Oh gosh, yes, yes. I'm seeing where some conservative uh, black people are wearing Uncle Tom shirts. Well, Walter Williams said in the pod in the podcast, um, systemic racism is not the biggest problem facing blacks in America today. It's rotten education, like you said, Sam, and he called it oh, rotten it education. And yet, you know what? I would never send one of my kids back to a school that had done that to my child, especially with a, a, a bandana over their mouth and nose. Yeah, well, it the, just do you, do you see where this is horrible. Do you see where it's coming from? Right, most mayors are Democrats. Yes, just saying. it's all blue states. Right, it's uh, all blue states, and anybody that votes for a Democrat has got to have rocks in their head if they agree with any of this. Hey, um, and people have got to quit being so doggone scared of their own shadow. They're just I know. hiding and cowering yeah. like little cowards. Listen, uh, just just a tidbit of an information here. Jim was uh, researching Alexander Hamilton. Do you know what uh, uh, ethnicity his mom was? Yeah. Do you? She was a, she was an Indian. She, she was, was a Native, Native American. Indian. Oh. <laughs> Most people don't know that. They think that she, because he was born in the West Indies, that his mother is was, is was, an Islander, but she's not. His mother was actually, I'm trying to think of the nation that that his mother belonged to. I'll you, get it in a second. You told me before, but yep. um, I, don't, I won't. I'll but be like darned. you, Sam, she, Alexander Hamilton is part Indian, and, not, and, and he, he's not black. And he was not coming, he was not hiding his ethnicity. He was hiding his mother's, uh, her infidelity. Infidelity. She was married to two men. She was that she beautiful. Was a bigamist. The, the guys were going after her left and right. She was that beautiful. So, so oh. he was embarrassed about that. So there were a lot of people who thought that Alexander Hamilton was in the state in the islands instead of coming to the mainland because he was trying to hide the fact that he was part black, but he wasn't part black at all. His mother was a Native American. And all he was trying to do was 
He was trying to get his own life in order before he came to the colonies. Yes, yes. Isn't it a shame that we've got a few idiots that think they're so much better than other people because of the color of their skin? I know, exactly. But it in, just drives me crazy. And in 20 years, they will try to push it into the books, uh, like that Project right. oh, 1619. Yeah. So because of this musical, uh, in 20 years, everyone will think that Alexander Hamilton was black, but he wasn't black. He was part Native American and part Scottish. His father was Scottish. Well, he's got to fit the narrative, you know. You can't have that. Uh-huh. My gosh, narratives are so much more important than truth. <laughs> we all know that from what they're telling us. Yep. They were going to take Alexander but, Hamilton off the $10 bill why, and yeah. replace it with somebody that they thought either a woman or a person of color. But why well, would we you must take, do it right. Why would you take the person who started the first U.S. bank and started the treasury? <laughs> He was the first Treasury Secretary. He actually started our economic system. Why would you remove him from one of our pieces of currency? He belongs there before anybody else. We're going through some of the most stupid things I've ever heard in my life. And you know, the good book says, and, and babes shall rule you. But if you look a little further and dig deeper, it means fools shall rule you. Well, we have that now for sure. Yeah, we do. Absolute. Hopefully we still have the president that hopefully will come back for the next election. Otherwise, we're screwed. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm moving back to Europe. We'll give out the other number. I'm moving back to Europe. This phone doesn't work. Don't you leave us. No, the phone doesn't work, but I'm just going to make room for more calls. I just needed to call y'all to get the ball rolling. Everybody call, please. Everybody loves you, (laughs) Sam. Give us a call. (laughs) Sam's right. Give us a call. I love y'all too, honey. Thank you, Sam. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, Sam. Um, Eric in the chat room wanted to know about, uh, the situation we were talking about a little bit about the testing in Florida, how they are, um, mixing up the numbers. Oh yeah. I had, I had it somewhere. I don't know. He, he has a, um, he has a real estate in there. Um, I don't, oh, that's your phone, but, um, he has a real estate in Florida and would like to go back next year. I don't see why you couldn't go back this year. I mean, people are going on vacations. Um, what do you do? What I know, people traveling out of state, you either have to isolate yourself for two weeks or you have to take a test. When you come back? No, before you leave, before you leave. <laughs> but you have be, to be tested would, before you leave? Right. It would be logical, but, you know, by the time you, after you get tested, you can contract the virus. On a, again, you, you can would. contract the virus on the way out of the testing facility. 860-996-0308. The, the other, Eric, if you want to call in and um, just... Um, Eric, come on, call in. Let us know what the question is. 860 um, 960-0308. 860-888-2101. 860-996-0308. Jane has both numbers up so there, right, we ha- Jane? Yeah, but that one doesn't work. It does work, actually. If you don't answer, it goes to voicemail. Well, it okay, fine. Um, yeah. Okay, so you get two weeks both ways. Or testing probably both ways. But coming back, I would say we probably have to, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. The the cases uh, are going up because we have more testing. So more testing will give you more cases, right? The hospitalizations are going down. 
and the deaths are down. We haven't had death case in Connecticut since March, I believe. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me. Um, but what the heck are they doing? They're killing businesses. They're making up stuff as, as they go. And I'll go back to the masks, which drive me crazy. You, you know, people reuse them. You suppose it's supposed to be one use. You walk into one place, you use one mask. If you have reusable masks, you would have to have a couple masks, throw them in the back and you have to wash them every time. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense to me. Somebody explain it to me, please. I'm going to take a moment to read Don Pesci's review of Jane's new book. Oh, please. In 1988, 19-year-old Yana Kondova, a.k.a. Jane Benson, escaped from communist Czechoslovakia and came to the United States to live and thrive in the country. Upon her arrival, the euphoria was so intense she could actually smell the freedom. But 30 years later, she has become anxious and alarmed as she witnesses the United States heading towards many of the same communist ideals she fought so hard to get away from. It's in this fascinating story, she sounds a serious warning. Do all believe? Thank God, Eric. Thank you. Hold on one second. Eric, thank you for calling. <laughs> thank you for calling. That's, by the sure. way, that's the back of my book that you're reading. It is. Just saying. Hi, how are you? Hello? Hi, Eric. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Okay, and this is Jim. Hi, Eric. How are you doing? Thanks for calling in. I'm doing well, thanks. I've got to turn you off on the phone. I'm getting confused here. All right, there we go. Yeah, um, I was just curious because this morning I heard on the news, on Fox and other places that um, Florida had really screwed up the testing and they were getting like near 100% positive results and that's what was skewing um, the, the number of cases. The amount of the number of cases. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, yeah, I do have a, a property in Florida that I was planning to go down to right now. I was planning to be there for a month or so. I, I work for a school, so I, I have summers off and um, I don't feel like I can get down there. And even if I did, I think that they quarantine you for two weeks going into Florida and two weeks coming back. And I didn't hear anything about testing being able to change that. So I didn't know what you all had heard about that kind of a situation. Uh, the Sandoz sister said if you go to Florida and when you come back, you do have to self-quarantine for at least a week, I think. Two weeks. Is uh, it two it's weeks? Two weeks. Um, two weeks, I think. Yeah. And, and then two weeks. On the way down. I heard in Florida. So, yeah. so Florida might be different case than my, when, where my kids are going. They didn't have to get tested, but their dad did. And uh, they're going to upstate New York. Um, so they either had to self-quarantine or they had to take the test. And it's just none of it makes sense because you get tested and you can contract it on the way out of testing or anytime sure. after it takes so many, I think it takes like 72 hours or so before you get your results. But by the time you get your results, you might be infected. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's just, it, none of it, none of it. I mean, it, zero of the, the mask wearing, it doesn't make sense. If you want to protect yourself, I think you can wear the mask, but your, your question wasn't about the mask. Your question was about the testing. Um, so, I it guess is. each state goes individually, so I don't know if they would have like a hotline for that. 
but I don't see why they wouldn't have some advice for you on how to proceed on this. And if you're going for a month, you're quarantined two months, two weeks down there and then two weeks back. Yeah, you, yeah, better, you better watch how, long, how much time you have off because you may spend all of your exactly. vacation time in quarantine. Exactly. Um, I guess my point was that I heard that basically the, the testing is, uh, the reporting is so screwed up in Florida yeah. that um, everybody comes up, everybody comes up yeah. positive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why everything jumped. Um, right. But I think, don't you think that they would rectify this within a few days? Let's hope so. I would hope so, indeed. Uh, You're right, they're only getting right, positive results. Right, so so they will have to either retest everybody. Oh, and by the way, somebody pointed out to me that they retest people and read all the results. As You, you might have two tests as one person, and they will read both tests, even in Connecticut. Uh-huh. So um, the it's just um, it, it's just who knows, right? Who knows? They don't know it's on day day to day ba- day day to day basis. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's a big mess. No matter what way you look at it, um, uh, either trying to travel to an out of state um, hot spot or even you know, going back to school and whether they're going to open schools here in Connecticut or not. They are. Um, well, good luck, I Eric. Know they are. At this good point, luck, get back to us and let us know how you turned out. Yeah, that would be great to hear if you can find you gotta out. You got to move along here. Yeah. If, if I'll let you know. All right, you guys, I, take I, care. You have a good day. Thanks, Thank you Eric. for calling, Eric. Um, yeah, so that's a dilemma, but I'm sure they have hotlines where you can reach out because they need to make money. And Florida's uh, governor is Republican, right? So he will want to um, open the state. So I'm sure they will correct all this. And it, it's interesting that it's uh, Florida with the Republican in lead that has the screw up. I don't. I, I know. I'm just seeing the. Uh, I'm just seeing the um, conspiracy everywhere. Um, Are you calling this phone right now? Yeah, but it's not working. Somebody going to that that phone because I I told you. Sorry. Yeah, but okay. Can we? What is that line? So I can test it. Eight six zero eight 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 two one zero one. Can we test this later? It's going to go back to your phone, probably. It will. Okay, it's not working. Right, because this phone it was. So let's 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 shut it down and start it again. Not, r- not right now, okay? Yep. Okay, good. Anyway, so we were talking about the testing in Florida, and you had, did you have Biden on the windmills? Did you guys hear Biden yesterday and his speech about how he's going to uh, redo everything? Um, if you're going to do this right now, I'm leaving. I can't carry this. This is your show. Uh, well, it's not Biden so much that scares me. What scares you? Um, Biden scares me because of what he would do to the economy. That scares me. Exactly. So that's what I was opening for. Absolutely. Okay. If you heard Biden's speech yesterday, the man is certifiable. He has a Green New Deal that's sort of Green New Deal light. But he's actually going to put an end to all carbon, essentially all carbon. So no oil, no coal, no natural gas. Yep. That's Come on, that's a bit scary for me. I do want to do this. I want to read a Don, part of Don Pesci's column here. 
on Jane's book. If you haven't read Jane's book, here's what he writes. Yana Kondlova, author of Stuck by Socialism, has written a necessary book that raises the question, are we here in the United States attempting to crawl back into the skin of totalitarianism? Hello? Is this Rudy? Yes, sir. Hey, Rudy, how you doing? How is Florida? So, Florida is perfectly fine um, as... I mean, it's been going on for months that they're reporting everything wrong. Um, for months? I've heard from a couple of nurses. Yeah, well, here's one of the things they're doing, too. Yeah, tell us when, what they're doing. Um, Give us a straight scoop on this. Recently, in the last month, when nursing homes get a case, they out the wing from the nursing home into a hospital. So everyone's not positive. Oh, I see what you mean. They're reporting everybody is positive, but they're not. So if, if the three of us live together yeah. and Yana gets it, yeah. she gets admitted and you and I get admitted for observing, but they're counting, that's taking beds away for potential COVID cases. But our, uh, our ICUs we, are only at like, go ahead. Even I was going to say, even though you and I aren't positive, we're counted as positive. Well, we're a potential COVID bed is what they're counting it as. Oh, oh potential death. So bed, bed, oh, bed. hospital I'm bed. I'm sorry. Okay. And then um, the ICUs are only at like 88%, 85%, and normally it would be 95%. So Florida is not as bad as what we were hearing about. No, I mean... Um, the deaths are way down, and if they adjust all these rates, because like Orlando Health reported 100 cases when it was, I mean, 100 percent cases when it was only 9.4 percent, they're inflating the numbers by 10, 10 percent. Why are they doing I mean, that, Rudy? Lord only knows. There's election year, and um, uh, good point. I got to figure out how to send you something because uh, there's a big COVID 19 research coming out of Switzerland, and. Uh, it, it breaks down all the countries. Most of Europe is not wearing masks. Germany's back in school. Australia is back so in school. Czech, Norway, Finland. Czech is still. Czech, yep. no masks, no nothing. Yep. But we're the only country with a major presidential election this year. So um, you, you can look it up. On the 19th or 20th of May, the New England Journal of Medicine published an article that masks do not work outside of a controlled hospital environment. Then why are we doing this? What is the point beyond the masks? You know, Jen and I have been saying um, for some time now that the left is just using this to take our freedoms away from us. Well, seeing that you live in Czechoslovakia, she could probably explain it better than I could. Because it, it's totally a mind control. It, and it, it is. I, I, it, I, I, you see people that are normally very uh, rational. People are so irrational. They're just so, it's, well, it's crazy because they change their tactics. They change what they're talking about and how they are talking about it. And so you don't even know what's going on. So you're just permanently scared. Well, I'll tell you, this is the crazy thing is, and, and they're using the only reason a mask is put on in the first place is to protect the person in front of you. Because 
I did ten, nine years in the Army, medic, OR tech, LPN. Then I worked at Shriners Burn Institute for five years. When we did wound care on those skin grafts, we had to mask up our face. Sometimes we had to wear goggles because we did not want our germs to go on the patient's wounds. But it goes both ways. I worked it didn't in a, work, I worked in a, I worked in a dental office where we did, it was a, uh, he was a periodontist, so we did a lot of gum grafting and uh, soft tissue grafts like you were talking about. And we were, it's, it's both ways. But if you choose, right, so, if you choose not to protect yourself, then wh- why would you, inf- I'm sorry, finish what you were going to say. No, I was going the same way you were going. If I'm, <laughs> how come these nurses then and doctors who, because in the nursing homes and other places, they're only wearing the, the surgical blue mask. If they're protecting the patient from themselves, but the masks don't protect them from the patient, you would have had an outbreak with hospital workers all over the country. Excellent point. There you go. Because not everyone got an N95. You're right. You're absolutely right. So none of it makes any sense. It's got to be, so, like and you said, it's got to be mind control. It's got to be just the Leviathan of government trying to just take over our lives, even the way we think. If I can recommend something right now, I'm reading Mark Levin's book, um, The Unfreedom of um, Journalism, of the Press Press of Journalism. And I think it's a very important book. There's a lot of people that I haven't heard of before. And there is one person that I'm just listening to. I'm good with audiobooks. So there's one person that was very fascinated with uh, the mind control of the uh, voters. And it's very important. I got another... Yep, sorry. I got one last theory on all this is um, we also opened up everything. And we had a lot of outside tourists come down here when we opened up from the Northeast. I mean, the cars doubled down here from New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. I couldn't believe it. And this was around Memorial Day on. So it could have been brought here too, but the states up by you have not completely opened up like we did down here. And they're going to hold it till the fall. So they have a re bound effort like what we we're having down here where we our cases went up yeah just but, to put hysteria into the flow yeah but did they like we were talking to eric he was uh saying that they had completely and you said it yourself they they screwed up on how they read the test so is it indeed is there a rise in cases or is that just panic con- uh, you know well, m- masses control well, we're still having the eight, nine percent, even when you adjust it. So it's above that five percent threshold that we were under, but it hasn't gone up to eighteen to twenty percent like the news is reporting. It's a small spike. It's not the huge spike they're saying. Well, they have everybody afraid to even go near Florida at this point. But, Everybody's afraid. Well, that's their point. But as Don Pesci said, if you die with coronavirus or off coronavirus, it's a huge difference. Oh, everyone gets labeled coronavirus whether they die, when they die. Well, exactly. They, uh, think, yeah, they've been counting that, I think. I mean, it, 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 everything down here is, seems normal, except for now when you go into public, you have to wear a mask. My city council is six conservatives and one Democrat, and they passed a mandate five to two. So you have to wear a mask inside down here. And six they're not conservatives? Yes, five of them voted. Yes. Okay. Um, Morgan writes, they want compliance. And by being a rebel for freedom, 
you're targeted as a dissident from their screen of their scheme. Well, and you know, yeah, we, n- we never really enforced the quarantine when people came down here. Right. They never really enforced it for a couple of days at the airport. They, they had national guardmen ask people from New York where they were going and wrote down their hotel and stuff like that. But they didn't stop people from driving. And like I said, there's tons of out-of-state license plates down here now. And you're red state, right? They are. They are. Yeah. Red state. So, so you got to wonder what the heck they're doing, really. They're coming from the blue state. I got a bigger fear. What is it? Liberal virus. <laughs> <laughs> they're bringing the liberal virus. And it's coming but down. They all go down to, uh, they all go down to our buddy Jeff in Delray Beaches area. They don't go where I live. Oh, Okay. Well, we, the Republicans here get about 60% of the vote in my county. Well, you're lucky. I have another yeah. thing that I have to do here. I have to recommend Jane's book. It is indeed a necessary book at this time. Because if you're afraid of slipping into socialism, it's a book you must read to get an understanding of, of what it's like so you can wake up and realize what's happening. It's like, already here. It is already. It's it's creeping in. It's creeping in with all the uh, free money, uh, free money, bureaucracy, of rent. bureaucracy. It's its biggest friend. The bigger the government oh. gets, the better. Yep. Because then you don't know what's nope. going on. Then you're blinded to everything. Jim, yes, Rudy. You used to say it right every day. You used to say it. I think at eleven oh five when you came back on, I will stand for a leaner. Smaller, leaner, smaller, intrusive government. Obtruse. That's right. That's got to be the motto to save this country. It does, and we will make it the motto. It's the motto of the show, and we'll make it the motto of the country. Thanks for your call, Rudy. I appreciate it. All right. You st- you st- stay stay, safe. stay, stay safe. away from COVID, okay? <laughs> stay away from, away from the liberals. <laughs> Okay, now Anyways, we can give out the number. Okay, it's uh, 860-996-0308. We have lost a few minutes. 860-996-0308. Okay, here's Pesci's call, review of Jane's book. Yana Kondlova, author of Stuck by Socialism, has written a necessary book that raises the question, are we here in the United States attempting to crawl back into the skin of totalitarian socialism? History proceeds with baby steps. History has taught us that the road to totalitarianism is paved paved with emotionally attractive socialist intentions. That's the truth. But there is a vast quantitative difference between intent and accomplished ends. That is the lesson bitterly learned by those were in Western Europe when they were overrun by Nazism, later lived for decades under communism. All the important autocratic totalitarians of the 20th century, among the bloodiest and most spiritually racked centuries in world history, fascist Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, communist Joseph Stalin, Breaker of Nations, Chairman of Mao of China, were socialists before they were totalitarians. So socialism comes first. The Road to Serfdom, first published in 1944. Frederick Hayek writes, was offered as a warning to English socialists. And he compares 
Jane to Frederick Hayek, oh. and also to um, Animal Farm author. Why can't I remember his name? I don't right know, now. but that's enough. They can read it for themselves. Let's let's uh, let me continue bitching about the masks okay. because that's what I want to do. I will have to send my children to school where they will do the social distancing. They will have to wear a mask and they will have to wear um, wash their hands. George Orwell, I'm sorry. From Animal Farm. Good job. See, you got it. Thank you, Mom. My, my, my memory isn't that bad. No. And nobody even cheated by putting it up here. <laughs> I'm in the chat room right now. But a, um, the masks, are they going to wear the same mask all day? Um, not everybody's going to buy a new mask. Not everybody's going to have boxes of masks. They're going to be reused and they're going to be contaminated and they're going to be making people sick. And people that don't have lung disease might develop one. Um, people like me, it's especially bad. I mean, you're going to cover your face with junk. We have junk on our phones. We don't wash it. You have to soap your phone. I have that box. Buy this blue thing. Um, it's called uh, phone, a blue phone light. soap. Phone soap. You can put it in the, in a box and uh, sanitize it without killing it. But um, <laughs> Eric got you, uh, George Orwell. He, uh, oh, he well, cheated for no, me. Well, no, he didn't Thank cheat. You, Eric. But we, you, are, you are like two minutes behind us. Um, so, anyways, I think I'm just going to shut my big fat mouth. And uh, what's really important here is that uh, people realize that socialism is indeed creeping into our lives. There are many politicians willing to use this disease to take away our freedoms. And guys, remember because uh, this name changing this is very important. So you have the Marxists who wrote the uh, Communist Manifesto. So we have Marxists, Karl Marx, communists, well, socialists. Marxists are really communists. Yeah, and, that's what I'm saying. They're and the same Tom thing. Pesci and pointed so out, Nazis. You, you point out in your book that socialism leads to communism. It's just a different name for the same crap. It's the same thing. Well, somebody was asking, um, is there any less socialist uh, country in the world than our country? No, but... Um, there are countries that tried the socialism, for instance, Swedish. Sweden tried it and, tried and, and, and ran away work. from it. It didn't work. It almost it was bankrupt it almost in the bankrupt. country. Exactly. So um, remember, Marxist, communist, fascist, socialist, uh, liberal, it's all the same. Put them in the same bag, just change the name. Here's the, the timeline that Jane taught me. Liberalism leads to socialism. Socialism leads to communism. Communism leads to totalitarianism. That leads to the end of your freedom. And sometimes, as your grandfather learned, the end of your life, he was beheaded, correct? One was beheaded and one was shot. One was beheaded, one was Both shot. Both by Stalin, different countries. And Jane learned later on that had she returned to check at the wrong time, before the wall came down, she would have been shot as well. Well, I guess that's a possibility, but... Are we done here? I would have gone at least to jail. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for I hope you us. enjoyed the rest of the day and hope you join us again next week. Um, it was wonderful to have you. It was great Where's to have your you music? Guys. Your music is better. Trying to get to it.
here it is. Got it. Well, I won't back down. And we won't back down. We'll always stand for a smaller, leaner, less intrusive government. Right, Jane? You got it. One that will keep socialism at away, keep the socialist wolf from at the door. Day at least. And at I day. will keep my big fat mouth open. You can bet on that. I'm sure you will. <laughs> you should. Yeah, then don't try to stop me. Thank you all for joining us today. I really appreciate it very much. Thanks to Jazz Shaw for being one of our great guests. Weekend editor of hotair.com. Back down. There ain't no easy way out Hey, I will stand my ground And I won't back down